Welcome to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman: The Animated Series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. Seated across the table from me, he has a show on public access that you can call into, but he's also the crime doctor. Oh, so he has dual roles. It's Mike Staub. <laughs> I had something and totally lost my train of thought because it brought me back to public access guy. And um, Fuck you! Yeah, that's one of the, <laughs> the greatest videos of the old internet. But seating across the table from me, he's the man with the cure. Mr. Jordan Hugh. Thank you. At least not the man with the cure. Yeah, uh, I, I like the cure. Me too. Yeah, I like the cure. So whatever. Paging the crime doctor. Yeah. Hey. You know it's it's you know an episode is going to be good when they have four people working on the the story and the script yeah. alone. We should say up front, we are aware this episode is really mediocre and we're going to do our best. Um this is season 1 episode 53. Yep. Kind of wrapping up season 1 here. We're getting close. Paging the crime doctor. This was broadcast 65, so that's the which last. was the last episode of season 1. So I guess I guess this is the last episode of season one, and the two episodes before this are Shadow of the Bat, part one and two? I don't know. That sounds right. I know that if you kept going in broadcast, you didn't go to 66, because there wasn't a 66. You would go up to season two, episode one, House and Garden. Yeah. Yeah. Or, actually, it might not be House and Garden in broadcast. House and Garden's in production. Okay. Is that right? I don't remember off the top of my head. I think House and Garden is the first one in production order for season two. Okay. Okay. So... But the point being, listeners, if you're listening to our podcast, we still have a few more episodes left to go in season one. Yeah, we because have we're about, in production order. But yeah, if you were 12. doing this, if you were doing this in broadcast order, which is the order that displays on like HBO Max yeah. or just Max, Max. yeah, um, great, 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 great right. job. There. Then this is the last episode of your season. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very nice. Um, yeah, let's let's d- dive into paging the crime doctor. So so good. Mike, what are your initial thoughts on oh, paging man. the crime doctor? Yeah. Mike looks um, like he just ate some tapioca. I, I did. Um, it was uh, bad tapioca. Um, <laughs> is uh, the episode bad? Yeah. It is bad for you. Okay. Um, It's worse than bad. Worse than bad. So Holy shit. Because I think when an episode is bad, it can be enjoyable Oh, you sometimes. mean truly bad. But like, you mean this underdwellers? Is, yeah, underdwellers. Like, I get down to the underdwellers because it's so bad. And we, we've gone from despising that episode to being like, oh, I fuck with the underdwellers. See, here's the thing. <laughs> when we do our eventual ranking of the series, underdwellers is probably, you know, a bottom five episode. But like, <laughs> but there's a part the of me one. that's like, yeah. there's a part of me that's like, yeah, but because it's a bottom five and it's enjoyable because it's a bottom five, it hovers among the most memorable episodes in the series. I get you. Same thing with The Forgotten, which is you. also bad. Because Prophecy the, of Doom. Prophecy, Prophecy of Doom's bad. <laughs> we all know that's number 109 for me. Prophecy of Doom is an episode I couldn't stand. It was an episode where I kept watching the clock. Now, I didn't do that in this episode because I do like Leslie Tompkins and, you know, I like Rupert Thorne. But this episode is just like, it's so not a Batman episode. It's so yes. not a Batman story. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fit the mold at all. And mm-hmm. honestly, 
I don't really care about Matthew Thorne. I, I, I don't. Understand. You're I totally right. I don't care about the character. Yeah. I care about Leslie. I think it's bad that she gets kidnapped and forced to operate. <laughs> I find that it's interesting. You know, it's interesting that the only interesting thing about this episode on the whole is that Matthew Thorne has a connection to Thomas Wayne. Which we don't get to hear about. Which we hear nothing about. The episode's like, the episode ends with, <laughs> episode I'm ends sorry, with mute talking. spoilers. <laughs> Batman's like, you gotta, you know, do something for me. And he's like, oh, God, steal, my, steal my medicine. <laughs> and Batman's like, you know, Bruce Wayne's like, can you just tell me about my dad? Which should be a touching moment in any other episode. It, it would have been. It is touching, but this episode stinks. <laughs> It would have been a touching moment, but then they're like, oh, cool, we're going to hear about Thomas Wayne, what it was like in the good old days being in college together. And then they were like, nope, not going to hear it. I think we need to page the cartoon doctor because you just assaulted this episode. Yeah, well, you know what? Send me to cartoon jail. Wow. We will. Um, okay. So I mostly agree with everything You're you said. You're right. What you say is right <laughs> in this episode. There are about a dozen to maybe maybe 20 episodes in this whole series they don't have a flashy villain in them, and the plots entirely center around just Gotham City, Underworld, gangland-type episodes. But most of them are interesting. Most of them are interesting. Yeah. You get episodes like this with... This is POV, It's Never Too Late, uh, Appointment in Crime Alley, um, I Am the Night. You know, there are a lot of these episodes, and mostly those characters that appear in those are low-level gangsters who you mostly never hear from again, and you almost always get Rupert Thorne because he is the... Grandmaster of the Gotham City well, underworld, right? I like Rupert Thorne because, like, first of all, the voice acting performance is really, really good. He's awesome. Yeah. But, like, second of all, like, it's John Vernon, right? It, yeah. It's John Vernon. Uh, the voice acting performance is incredible as Rupert Thorne, but I also. There's very little Thorne in this episode. Very little Thorne in this episode, but there's also something humorous about uh, Rupert Thorne. Yeah, he's now, funny. Now, I don't know uh, about the, the voice actor who's doing the work here. But at the same time, I feel like he should also be selling me like cold cuts, <laughs> like on a commercial. Yeah, boar's like, head yeah, meats yeah. and cheeses. <laughs> yeah. yeah, have yourself some boar's head. <laughs> you know. Um. Yeah, I agree. I have a lot of issues with this episode. The, the biggest issue I have is the same issue you have, Mike. It's that the episode is fairly boring, and the stakes are really pretty low. The thing that's interesting about this episode is Batman gets a concussion. Right. That's interesting. That's uh, an interesting. It's actually funny it. because they basically have to depower Batman yeah, to tell a story this small. Yeah, because you'd kill everyone without <laughs> yeah, killing them. Right. Like Batman would wreck um, all of these jokes. I think the best thing I can say about this episode for initial thoughts is that the episode is sweet, and I I do find that episode at the end maybe the, sorry the the scene at the end maybe poorly executed but still touching. Oh, it is um, touching. I'm not going to say it's not. Um, I actually think that the best thing about this episode is the fact that the MacGuffin is a laser. Well, that's actually horrible writing, right? Because the laser gun, it's like, why? It's, and it doesn't factor into anything in the plot. Listen, it's a laser gun <laughs> I, I in Batman. So I, that means Batman can get shot. This episode has six people working on it, and I can't believe that... Yeah, he, well, maybe. I, I can't <laughs> believe that not one of them was like, oh, maybe Thorne has a medical condition so rare that only this one MacGuffin thing can help him. Yeah. You know, just like loop it into the plot a There's little no better. There's no reason to have a Because right laser. now, like, that's yeah. like a C plot. It's a C plot about a laser gun that, like, it means nothing. It's like, yeah. why? Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just a topic I'm going to touch down on. Um, I do like sort of there's almost like a gangland fairy tale aspect of this episode, yeah. very similar to It's Never Too Late, 
where you have like almost like a public enemy situation going on yeah. where you have like the one good brother and yeah. the one bad brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's very much uh, riding on the coattails of It's Never Too Late. 100%. For sure. Um, so there is like, I, I do like that morality play. Yeah. But at the same time, and I have to take away from the episode here, the stakes in this episode are yeah. very low. Yeah. The, the major stakes is... Leslie Tompkins could die. Yes. That's bad. Which is and bad. That would be and she's, horrible. She's a great character, but, but yeah. It doesn't really feel like it's ever gonna happen. I feel like the audience kinda knows this guy's gonna bail her out and Batman's not gonna let her die. Exactly. Um and then it's exactly what you said in your initial thoughts. It's like, how invested are we in Matthew Thorne, a one episode character that we never see again, who is, let's be real, he's like a B villain's brother. Yeah. It's not like it's the Joker's brother yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But you know what? I'm going to credit the series. The like, Joker's what? brother. The Joker's brother. There, there's a comic book for you. Yeah. Just, uh, oh yeah, that's that's my brother. He's just a regular guy. <laughs> so a guy just trying to live his life. I'm just trying to live my yeah. life, but he's got the same yeah. face. My name is Joe White. Joker. My brother's Jack. Joker. <laughs> not PA? Not PA. It says something about the series that... It's good enough that they can still entertain you with an episode that is ostensibly about a totally unimportant character we never see again. Yeah. Um, who's like the brother of a character that we don't care that much about. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And and Mike's given like a shrug, series of shrugs right now. That's all this episode kind of is. It's it's not great. Yeah, I watched um, it and I was like, meh. It is a meh episode. Yeah. Um, let's do some IMDb trivia. But there's a laser. There's a laser. It's a metal, I guess it's a medical laser, but they use it like a laser gun. Which makes no sense. It does make sense. Um, IMDb trivia is very little. While at Leslie Tompkins' home, Bruce Wayne picks up, I'm going to mispronounce this, The Codicus. Yeah. A book that contains the photographs of the names of all the medical graduates from Thomas Wayne's uh, graduating year. Because Thomas Wayne, Leslie, and Matthew Thorne all graduated the same year. Uh, the book had a, a Codicus sign on it with only one serpent instead of the traditional two. The Codicus is often confused with the real symbol of medicine, the rod of... Aslepius? Yeah, I don't know. I guess so. I'm, uh, I'm not good at that Folks who are Greek. doctors out there, or you're like a Greek scholar, I apologize. Yeah, I didn't yeah. pronounce any of that correctly. Just, but just call it Icarus. I don't care. There you go. Icarus. The rod of Icarus. And then this is a great reference for Mike. The orderly, I agree with this one, by the way. The orderly who Batman struggles to fight slightly resembles Lucas from the episode Prophecy of Doom. He does. I mean, that they use yes, the same model yeah, for he, those characters, he, he for sure. He does. But like when you're referencing that bad of an episode. <sighs> I know. Your episode can't can't be that good. You know, I, I also like how in this show they do a lot of um they do a lot of good work solving crimes with yearbooks. It's not the first time this has happened. They do. By the way, did you catch the graduating year on that yearbook? No. It's nineteen oh seven. Oh, so then yeah, everything, the time is all messed up. Time is all messed up, and you can go ahead and freeze frame it, and I, I'm sure it's not been corrected. You could freeze frame, it is the graduating yearbook um, for the, those three characters, mm -hmm. 1907, and in this episode, Bruce says, oh, this picture, this picture's from 40 years ago. Yeah. Which, let's say that that was maybe the graduation party. Yeah. Okay? So it does give us some idea of when the show is taking place, 1947, which actually does line up yeah. with what we've kind of assumed is this 30s, 40s, 50s. And like it's kind of right in the middle. At the same time, if it was 1997 or 1990, if it was the 1990s in the show, 1907 looks way different than 1952. 100%. So, yeah. so look, I don't know. I don't know what they're going for time here. Time is loose. Time is loose. Um, I think, you know, Mike, sometimes you go see a doctor and... They just give you some hard-to-swallow pills, and I think we're just going to have to swallow this one as quickly as we can. But this one's a suppository. 
Oh, boy. All right, well, shall we? That pill's huge. I can't swallow that. Good news. It's It's a suppository. suppository. All right. We're going to just dive right in here. Folks, in in advance, this is going to be a short episode. That's Uh, good. The last one was real long. (laughs) It was. I had to edit it. Season one, episode 53, Paging the Crime Doctor. Excuse me, um, uh, crime doctor, uh, you're needed as a code blue. Oh, wait, he doesn't work in a hospital because he's the crime doctor. It would have been better if there needs to be a villain now, the doctor of crime, and all of his, all of his villainy is medical themed. Yeah. That's a, that's a 1960s, 70s Spider-Man villain for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he could fight Hugo Strange. The Doctor of Crime. Title card. Prognosis is death. Oh, my God. Title card. There's this great, like, old movie poster-looking title card. Totally the wasted. title card is way better than the episode. So it kind of looks like a 30s classic movie poster. We get this painterly depiction of a doctor, green gloves, syringe in hand, which kind of looks like an Art Deco skyscraper. Mm-hmm. Wrinkles in his face are in deep shadow, barely visible, very styled hair. Poor Frank Power. I know. Episode directed by Frank Parr. Story by Mike W. Barr and Laren Bright. Teleplay by Randy. I believe the pronunciation is Rogel. I oh, corrected. sorry, Rogel. I was messaged and corrected. Oh, man. Uh, teleplay by Randy Rogel and Marty Pasco. Martin Pasco. Marty. Um, these are all brilliant people. Just the five of them couldn't figure out how to do hey, this episode, man, I guess. listen, dude. Every band has an obladee oblada. That's just the way it goes. Life goes on. Life goes on. And then the offspring will cover it. Sort of. <laughs> I like the Offspring cover. I like the Offspring version. I like of the Offspring better. Why don't you get a jet? Um, we pan across the Gotham Bridge at night, and we're following like an old-timey-looking ambulance onto the streets, and it's got its lights and sirens going. And then they kind of come into contact with this. I guess it's a security vehicle. Yeah, being driven by two security guards. They're yeah. not. They're not cops. No. Um, the ambulance, they roll down the window of the ambulance and a Tommy gun comes out and just starts yeah, shooting up the security vehicle. They blow out one of its tires. Yeah. The cars kind of collide in the aftermath and um, the security vehicle just like flips and crashes. Uh, not, but not before the gangsters toss a fucking gas grenade in there. My God. Yeah, these guys are like, it's like, oh, that's brutal. They're doing, they're doing some work to get this work. laser, which doesn't get used for uh, anything in we, the episode. And we don't know plot. why the laser is important. Um, the guards are overcome with smoke. Um, the car flips. I said that. Uh, the gangsters hop out of the ambulance to retrieve a black box from the wreck. The gangsters are notable only in that one looks like the Gordon's Fisherman. Yeah, which uh, I kind of like. I, you need a nautical-themed henchman. You always need one. Yeah, you need one pirate <laughs> in every crew. Because they have you need one fat guy. His name is Chubb. Yeah, um, yes. You Jake always, is the fisherman, by the way. Of course. See, the thing is, though, I think if you're going to go fisherman, you got to go all in. <laughs> you should have the gold Like, slicker. he should have been coming out going, Oh, I'm here to get you medical Corn laser. cob pipe, one eye is squinted shut, or it yeah. has an eye patch. Yeah. Or both. maybe yeah. a peg leg. And, and that's a little much, but um, I like no, You it. want to commit to the bit. You need a full pirate. Full pirate. I am a pirate on land. We had a full pirate in The Man Who Killed Batman. Yeah, we the did. The arm wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had the whole outfit. He looked like Bluto. He had the whole outfit. Uh, anyway, they have come for this black box. How do you which feel about Popeye? Inside. How do I feel about Popeye? I don't mean to derail us from this incredible content, <laughs> but how do you feel about Popeye? No one's ever asked me that. I know. Um, I don't only really think about Popeye much. I enjoy like the iconography of Popeye. <laughs> yeah, like I think he's cool, but like I've never watched Popeye, read Popeye, I've never seen the Robin Williams movie. 
I guess I don't give a fuck about Popeye. So, how do you feel about Popeye? So, I like the uh, Nintendo arcade game. Okay. So, the original Donkey Kong game was supposed to be a Popeye game. The the barrel throwing throwing game. Yeah, yeah. The original Donkey Kong arcade. Oh, game so that's was supposed, supposed to be, be Bluto and Olive Oil. Yeah, it's supposed to be Bluto and her. Olive Oil. Yeah, and and you're supposed to play as Popeye. Okay. Uh, and then they couldn't get the rights. So Damn. so uh, what's also funny. Around 1980, in the late 70s, early <laughs> 80s, there was a young man's magazine in Japan okay. called Popeye. Okay. And if we look at one of the first issues, or one of the issues of Popeye, the character on the cover is dressed with a red shirt and blue overalls. Oh. Clearly a reference Mario. to Jumpman. Yeah. Who wears red overalls, and I think he wears, yeah, he wears, I think he's got... Donkey Kong, I think he has red overalls and a blue shirt, but he's completely dressed like Mario. That's where many people are thinking that Shigeru Miyamoto got the inspiration for the character. Oh, I, I totally believe that. And eventually, you know, turned Bluto into a giant gorilla. Well, and think about that. Mario eats mushrooms to get bigger. Popeye yeah, eats spinach. spinach. Yeah, and then in that game, you know, he has the Bowser hammers and Bluto. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Olive oh, oil well, and Donkey, Peach. Be Donkey Kong and Bluto. And, uh, oh, right. right. Olive thing. oil and Lady. Uh, she would later be la- renamed Pauline. But um, well, I'm just trying to not talk about this <laughs> episode. I'm going to try to get us through the episode as quickly as I can. Can we please go? All right. All right. <laughs> uh, they get the box. It's my fault. It's my fault we're stalled here. Batman swings in. <laughs> he, like, rides the speeding getaway car. Um, there's this moment where I think the driver is terrible. <laughs> he throws on the brakes trying to get Batman off is the, the car. Is the pirate driving? He's not. No, it's Chubb is driving. Because it would make sense because he's used Who to Who is driving? Boats. Oh, no. Chubb is driving. <laughs> um, the driver breaks. Uh, Batman is tossed. He recovers. They try to like run Batman over, but then he does that thing. Where, I love this. He jumps on the hood and, and covers the windshield with his cape so the driver oh, can't see. It's pretty see. good. And the, driver's, the driver fucking crashes. He says it. He goes, I can't see. Yeah. Um, Batman doesn't fall off the car, which is pretty good. They crash it. This is, this is a bold movie. He's on a bridge. Batman's doing pretty good so far. Look, don't get used to Batman being competent in this episode because in a minute he is going to lose his total yeah, he's fucking totally faculty. Um, all right. So the driver Chubb looks in the back seat to see if the case is okay after he wrecks uh, because inside is now we see it's the prototype of a laser gun. Outside the car, Batman has Jake in custody, but Chubb opens fire with the laser. Yep. And he only gets off a few shots before the prototype jams, but it's enough because Jake wrestles him over the side of the bridge and Batman uh, injures himself. He hits yeah. his head. Uh, Batman, yeah, Batman hits his head after he's been shot in the head with oh, the laser. That's right, that's right. Um, and we're led to believe later that's a concussion. It's a major debilitating injury. And as a result, Batman in this episode sucks at fighting everyone. Well, everyone wrecks his shit in yeah, this episode. Well, I mean, I've never had a concussion, but they're brutal. Yeah. Um, well, clearly like, his is like severe. There's some. There are people that she says it's a mild concussion, which I don't, well, I don't think he it fucking is. passes out. Yeah, twice. like he's messed up, dude. Yeah. Um, from what I gather, with concussions, they are terrifying. Yeah, uh, I've known people that have gotten concussions and have what they what they say lost time. Yeah, I have. I have been concussed. Yes, I know you've been concussed, yeah. and uh, I. There are some people who don't come out of the fog for months. Yeah, it's bad. Or they have issues even years later. Yeah. Um, yeah, we as the gangsters depart, so they, they actually get away with the laser gun. Uh, we see a shot of the very injured Batman. He's just passed out on a cable car that's riding back to the city. Yeah. Um, then we get to the hideout. We're going to be here a lot. This hideout is very special. It's like an abandoned hospital, basically. Yeah. Um, we get an establishing shot of it first, and then we go inside. 
and a doctor is like surgically removing a criminal's fingerprints. Maybe that's what the laser was for, but I don't know. I don't think so because he's not using it in this moment. He's not. Um, Thorn enters, as in Rupert Thorn, yeah. Gotham City underworld crime boss. Thorny. And we quickly established a relationship between him and a new character, another older gent similar to himself, who they refer to as the crime doctor. The doctor but, is about to operate. <laughs> very good. Um, we quickly come to realize through their conversation, the crime doctor is in fact Rupert Thorne's brother, Matthew Thorne. Yeah. It seems like the laser is for him. Yes. But we don't know to what purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is clearly animosity and contempt between the two men. And at one point in a private conversation between them, the doctor says, um, why would I have contempt for the man who made me what I am today? Ooh. Thorne's fighting with him. You act like an ungrateful punk. Um, and then, you know, we, we get to the heart of their relationship, which is basically that and this is a confusing story and we don't really get all of it. I guess, Mike, so at some point, Rupert Thorne did something really illegal. He got shot. Matthew was a legitimate doctor at a legitimate hospital mm-hmm. and removed the bullet and didn't report the crime and let his brother go. And he lost his medical license. Yeah, he lost his license. It, it makes sense. What I That was what I was able to bring out of it, that Rupert was shot probably in some sort of doing some sort of criminal activity. And instead of reporting Rupert to the police, he just was just like, yeah, okay, I'll take the bullet out and let it go. And then now he can't practice medicine except for in the secret crime hospital. <laughs> Secret Crime Hospital, which is the major location here. Yeah. And the relationship between these two definitely reminds me of the priest brother yeah. and the gangster brother from yeah. It's Never Too Late. It's, it's really the same kind of kind right. of kind same, of idea, but the bad. same thing. Um they didn't bake the pie enough. That's right. I'm gonna skip a bunch here. Thorne <laughs> basically says that he gave up everything so Matt could be a doctor in the first place or something, but then he has a fucking heart attack. Yeah. He drops. Yeah. Um and I'm looking at Thorne, and I'm like, well, that was that was a ticking time, Bob. Oh, you this knew was, that was going You're like 400 happen. pounds. This yeah, is going to happen. big dude. Uh, we get a transition. Glowing eyes of a cat and some homeless on the street take us to the uh, Thomas Wayne Memorial Free Clinic, which we know this is where Dr. Leslie Tompkins works. Well, that's nice. She's examining a young boy, diagnoses him with flu, dismisses him and his mother, but the boy catches the sight of a shadow on the wall. That shadow is the injured Batman. <laughs> And after those patients leave, um, Bruce, Batman, collapses in her office, uh, much to her alarm. And when he comes to, it's sometime later, uh, Tompkins explains he probably has a concussion. She gives him some pills, comments on how stubborn he is, a trait that his father had pointed out years ago. And then we point to like this episode's other enchanted object, which is this picture on the wall. Yeah. It's of a young... Healthy. I thought it was a handsome couple at yeah, first, but yeah, it's yeah. not the Waynes, as nope. we come to find out. It is Thomas Wayne and a young Leslie Tompkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tompkins tells Bruce his father thought he had a hard head. He didn't know the half of it. It's pretty good. It is. It's good. <clears throat> Excuse me. She recommends that he stay in bed all the next day and come to see her again the following well, night. Well, you know that he's not going to do that because he's Batman. He's Batman. Uh, back at the uh, secret crime hospital. Crime hospital. Things are not looking very positive. It's a really bad soap opera. Um, Matthew informs Thorne <laughs> that he's got a tumor. He's not a tumor. Pressing up against his aorta, restricting the flow of blood. So this is uh, it needs he needs emergency surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Matt can't do it there at the hideout, and Thorne refuses to go to the county hospital. No hospital. Yeah. So Matt claims he's in it over his head, and if he's going to do it there at Secret Crime Hospital, which is the new title of this episode, yes, it would be way way better. Uh, Thorne needs assistance. 
And uh, Thorne kind of then says, listen, if you do this for me, I'll make sure you get your license back. I'll pull all these strings. Matthew agrees, but then he's like, I basically need Leslie Tompkins. Yeah, I can't do to this help me alone. Do this is mm-hmm. the only surgeon I know who will do me a personal favor, and she can do this. Yeah. Back at the free clinic, Tompkins, Tompkins is still at work. We cut to the inside where suddenly Matthew and Thorne's men have arrived, and then we get the commercial break here. That's such a strange... Yeah, it's a weird spot. Break. It's a weird spot to know. put the commercial break. They just—I don't even think they care. No, um, they don't. They don't care. We come back. Leslie peers out of her office door. She sees people there, but she doesn't know who it is. I'm sorry, the clinic is closed unless this is an emergency. Ooh. Well, at Matthew Thorne's uh, command, the goons break in. Leslie tries to defend herself with a bat. Oh, nice Batman. Matthew emerges from the shadows. He plucks that picture of Thomas Wayne and Leslie Tompkins from the wall and takes a moment to reminisce. AMA Mixer. They hired Benny Goodman. Um, And then Matthew identifies himself as the one who took the picture, and he peels it from the frame to reveal his own handwriting. Thanks for all the good times with my two best friends, Matthew Thorne. Or he calls himself Matt Thorne. Matty Thorne, baby. Yeah. Leslie's incredulous. She had heard rumors about Matt, now that she realizes it's him, uh, practicing without a license, and, uh, you know, hanging out with the wrong sorts of people. And apparently those rumors are true. Matt first tries the soft approach, telling her about his predicament, promising a lot of money. She doesn't want it, Mike. No, she don't. She don't want it. She's having money. none of it. She he seems no uh, genuinely contrite when he has to sick the goons on her, and the camera stays on him uh, as the goons rough her up to take her in, mm-hmm. presumably. Yeah. Um, we cut to the Batcave. Sounds of the bats as usual. But we're under a microscope. We see uh, Batman is reading the fibers. Uh, of something he's picked up, Rose Commercial Laundry Company, mm-hmm. um, which happens to be one of Thorne's legitimate businesses. Oh, well, that's good. Well, it's legitimate, but he's definitely using it to launder money. 100%, as yeah. all mobsters yes. do. Yes, I mean, come on. The um, fronts. Alfred is the one that picks up on Rose Thorne, of course. Oh, yeah, very, uh, very bright. Very prosaic, as Alfred says. Um, <laughs> Batman wonders what Thorne would want with a surgical laser. So do we. So do we. And again, had the surgical laser been needed to be used in this episode? But it wasn't. <laughs> exactly. We might have had it. Like be, maybe if they needed yeah. to use, like if Thorne had known right. ahead of time that he had a tumor on his heart. You just said the fix that I was going to bring up at the end of the episode. Like, That's 100% like it. if he goes in and tells his brother that he's got a tumor on his heart and then has the heart attack, then we understand why he needs a surgical laser. Correct. Like as if he was stealing the laser to fix that in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Not and that he, he happens his... to have the heart attack yeah. in the office. Yeah, and they don't use the laser, I don't think, to solve the heart problem. They don't use it. It's no, not it's, like it's cyber in the storage knife. locker. Yeah. Cyber knife. Um, okay, so yes, we cut to the goons in the waiting room outside... Secret Crime Hospital's operating room. Yeah. Matthew's washing his hands. Leslie's getting ready to operate. He explains that this is a big opportunity for him because Rupert can probably get his license back. Ooh, Leslie is... very nice. That's right. Leslie is appropriately doubtful. I mean... We cut back to the free clinic. Bruce and Alfred are back. I think they're back because Bruce has to have that checkup. Yeah. So he's actually there. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. But he notices that the whole place has been basically destroyed, but like... Leslie's purse is still there, so it's yeah. not like people came to rob it. Yeah. And then he also sees the writing on the back of the photograph. Alfred identifies the photo. It's Thomas Wayne and Leslie Tompkins, and Bruce sees the photo, and he's like, yeah, this photo's taken 40 years ago, but I never saw this before. And mm-hmm. he looks at Matt Thorne's writing. Yeah. Alfred believes he's heard of Matt before, and they're having this conversation as Bruce leads him into Leslie's office, where he finds that medical school yearbook, class of 1907, 
Alfred goes on talking about Thomas Wayne in a way we really haven't heard before because Alfred doesn't say a lot about Thomas Wayne. Nobody does. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, Thomas, Matthew Thorne, Leslie Tompkins, they called themselves the Three Musketeers. They were all really close friends at school, which means they both fucked Leslie Tompkins. That's how I took it. All right. uh, Next scene, we cut back to the outside of the operating room. It went better than I could have hoped. So I guess that's a successful operation on uh, Rupert Thorne, though that would have been a real easy way to kill him. Uh, but that, actually, that was the whole point. That's why Thorne doesn't want to go to a hospital. Yeah. Because he thinks like his one of his enemies will ha- try to have him killed in the hospital. Yeah, which would be good. That would, would be, be good for everyone. Yeah, that would have um, been a good episode. Leslie isn't speaking to Matt. I got the fix. Yeah. Okay. Okay, here so we go. Here's we the don't fix. The fix ha- is in. We don't have this thing where the crime doctor the is... The crime doctor. Is the crime doctor at this the point. The crime doctor. We have Rupert Thorne knows he has an issue. He goes to visit his legitimate doctor brother. Okay. To do this surgery, and he the only way he could do it is with the medical laser. Okay, but wouldn't and he have then, had that already? No, they had to. He had already stolen the medical <laughs> oh, laser from Wayne okay. Tech or something. That's better. Better episode. It's better. Um, Leslie doesn't want to speak with him because she obviously was forced to do the surgery. Mm-hmm. Basically, she just wants to get out of there as quickly as possible. I I get it. Um, yes. Uh, Thorne's goons tell Matt that they're going to take it from here because apparently before Thorne went under he gave them orders that Leslie was to be shut up like they have to kill her yeah that's that's great and you could see from the look on Matt's face I mean maybe I was reading into it but I was like he's not going to let this happen no definitely not because he's actually a good guy elsewhere in the facility Thorne is being wheeled to recovery on uh, a gurney by the goon that looks like Lucas from Mike's favorite episode Prophecy of Doom terrible Batman sneaks behind. Too bad the goon is onto him. And I know it's not Lucas, but he packs the same wallop that yeah, Lucas he's, did because Lucas. Lucas was really strong too. Yeah. And because Batman's still dealing with a concussion, this guy just fucking wipes him out. Yeah, and like Batman like gets up and he can't see straight. <laughs> Batman gets up, the guy takes him out with a gurney. Like Batman's just fucking trash yeah, in this yeah, fight. He's beat. Um this is like the uh, this is now the encounter where they're fighting in the supply closet, and I'm just gonna call him Lucas. Lucas, like, grabs, like, a bunch of scalpels, and he's yeah, just, like, he's just, throwing, like throwing them at Batman. Throwing so stupid. Yeah. We cut to Chubb and Matthew walking the hallways. Matthew's, like, fired up, um, but Chubb is telling him the deal is off if Matthew tries to stop them from killing Leslie. Mm. Matthew's clearly scheming as he goes into his supply cabinet to grab a syringe loaded with what is presumably a lethal injection. That's maybe pretty terrifying. A, maybe sodium pentothal or something like yeah. that. Apparently, he wants to make Leslie's murder look like a heart attack, but I think we can tell he probably has other plans. Yes, I don't think he was going to go to kill Leslie. I don't think so either. And incidentally, he doesn't kill this guy either. No? Uh, We go back to Batman and quote-unquote Lucas, and then we get the laser gun. Yeah, he takes it back. We got the laser gun. Shooting lasers. It's the only other time we really see it, and it doesn't matter. Also, laser guns are totally out of place for this show. Totally out of place. Totally out of place for this episode. Stupid. The laser cuts through everything but Batman. Yeah, and he's the Batman. two have I wrote this a fairly boring fight. Yeah, <laughs> before Batman just disarms him and knocks yep. him out. Um, we cut to Leslie changing back into her clothes somewhere else in the facility. Matthew and Chubb arrive, and Leslie realizes that they're there to kill her. She sees mm-hmm. the syringe. That's for me, isn't it? Payment for services rendered. You're no better than your brother. Chubb holds her still while Matthew's about to administer the shot, but then he administers it to Chubb yeah. instead. Yeah. Falls unconscious, and then Matt says, don't worry, it's just a sedative, to get this episode by standards and practices, yes. and to not have just killed Chubb. Yeah, he could have murdered Chubb. In the comics, he would have just killed Chubb. Chubb was dead. Right. Chubb died. <laughs> R.I.P. Chubb. Matthew tells her they've got to get her out of there. 
What about your license, your brother? Forget it. It's not worth someone's life. Oh, man. And then they ascend the stairs together. Leslie is heartened. Now you're talking like a doctor. Is he? I mean, is, more, more than before. Yeah, I understand He's got that. got a Hippocratic like, Oath. Yeah, I, I, I get it, and I agree. But, like, at the same time... At the same time, he just killed Chubb. He so, killed Chubb. Now you're talking like a doctor, right? <laughs> you killed that fat man, and now you're talking like a doctor. Yeah. Later, we cut to Thorne's goons. They discover the unconscious Chubb. They draw their guns and stalk the facility. You could have cut that scene. Yeah, don't need it. Cut to the 15th floor. Matthew and Leslie emerge just ahead of the goons. Um, they head to the elevator. Mm-hmm. The goons open fire on them. Yep. They realize they're heading for the roof. <laughs> While the goons are waiting for the elevator, I laughed. Yeah. Batman arrives yep. on the on the other elevator. Yeah, I mean, I was expecting Batman in an elevator. <laughs> yeah, he takes out one goon, the smoke bomb, and the other Jake, the Gordon's fisherman. <laughs> he gets up to the roof. <laughs> and then yeah. we get what is almost the last scene, thank God. Um <laughs> So sorry, listeners. We don't like this episode. On the roof, Matt proves he's got some fucking balls, man. Yeah, man. He jumps from one building to the other, like barely makes it. Yeah, I, I thought that was cool. He, he it was sl- cool. slams Like this dude's too. like 65, so yeah, pretty yeah. good. He's taking a good jump. Um, And then he's like, Leslie, you have to jump too. And she's like, I can't make it. There's she's, no way she's making that jump. She's right. Yeah. The Gordon's Fisherman Jake opens fire <laughs> on her. So she does jump, but she doesn't make it. So uh, Matthew catches her, but she's dangling. Yeah. Batman deals with Jake, ties him up, and Leslie is slipping and falling. So Batman has to basically use his grappling gun, go save her, which he does. He does the the Batman thing. He does the Batman thing. Uh, Now rescued in his arms, she says, I thought I told you to take the day off. (laughs) How cute. She's a cute old lady. Um, Matt looks down for a moment. It actually looks like he's going to like jump. Yeah. I was like, is this guy going to kill himself? Yeah. He doesn't. Instead, we cut to the inside of an interrogation room. It's our last scene. Visitor Thorne, a voice announces, and it's Bruce Wayne. Ooh. Apparently, he's going to help Matthew with his legal costs, because I guess he's in prison um, or jail. Matthew wants none of it when he hears that there's a catch, because he's not going to make the same mistake again. He doesn't want to do anything illegal, not even for Bruce Wayne. But then he actually hears the catch. It's a very sweet moment. Bruce is like... This is actually a great moment. Yeah, it's like... Tell me about my father. Which is, yeah, he doesn't know anything about his yeah. father. Uh, Matthew smiles. He puts an arm around Bruce, and he leads him back to the interrogation table. And we can't hear the scene. It's on mute. Which is a shame, uh, but yeah. Yeah, but they're both smiling. We don't hear the conversation, but we we imagine it's uh, something nice. Yeah. Um, I imagine that they're talking about how they both railed Leslie Tompkins <laughs> back in medical school. <laughs> closing thoughts, Mike. Closing thoughts. This is an explicit rated podcast. Um, closing thoughts, Mike. Yeah. Um... I don't know, man. It's uh, it's all right. It's <laughs> not great. It's bad. You know what? That's like a death sentence because just all right in the show is worse than terrible. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'd rather an episode be horrifically bad. Okay. Like no alligators. Yeah. No, no, no. You know, analogs to Oliver I Twist. I know. I know. No uh, harmonica in the desert. Uh, I know. Just plain like I don't care. Yeah. That's the hardest thing about this episode is it didn't make me care about anything aside from the fact that at the very end of the episode, Bruce Wayne enters some sort of contract where he, you know, actually gets to learn about his dad. Like right. that's cool. Right. But ultimately, you know, it's just it just feels like it's just it this feels like a filler episode. It really does. And it I think does. if you're doing a filler episode of anything, you have to make it fun. Yeah. And this doesn't have the fun. Like 
It's just, it's not as good as the other episodes that are no. like this either. Like, I like Appointment in Crime so, Alley, and it's never too late, much better than this one. So filler episodes really don't need to exist in a show like this because you're not following a text, right? Filler episodes are something that is very, very common in anime because what happens is in anime, you have the manga that the anime follows, right? However, a lot of times, an, anim- an episode of an anime, anime can actually actually cover the story of a bunch of different ep- issues of a manga so the anime starts to catch up and then they need to create space ah. and those episodes are usually fun if they do that right but filler in this in this instance is boring and bad yeah i'm trying to conceive like i i don't know maybe they didn't think this was filler maybe they thought this was good i i don't know um, i didn't like it uh, yeah, look, I just I, thought it was boring I and dull like and pointless. I didn't like it either. I, on the pro side, I think this is... Uh, I like that it looks at the Gotham City underbelly. Yes. yes. I think that aspect is neat. I like that there's a secret crime hospital with a crime doctor. <laughs> there are good things in this episode. Right, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I think... Um, and, and it's nice that, at least at the end of the episode, for a little while, Bruce gets to have his father like alive again mm-hmm. through another person's perspective mm-hmm. of him, right? I imagine at this point in his life, Bruce is probably in his early 40s. Leslie Tompkins has told him everything she can. Yeah. Alfred's told him everything he can. Yeah. And he has one more person finally that really knew his dad who can tell him a little bit. That yeah, is which nice. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. The, ep- the ending of the episode, like, like we said earlier, is very sweet and very nice. It is. Um, however... The episode doesn't really work. It is boring. It does feel very fillery. Yeah. Um, you have a laser gun in this episode that just exists to exist. It has no bearing on the plot whatsoever. Especially if this is the last aired episode of the season. I know. That's so weird to me. <clears throat> Which is weird. Um, I don't think they thought of that. Either. You gotta go out with a bang. Gotta go out with a bang. This is not a bang. Um, and then finally, and this is my my real closing thought here, there is, uh, I know that we're looking at this, these episodes as adults. Yeah. And so we get more out of it. But... There is nothing in this episode that would appeal to a child. Like, what in this episode... I'm not saying things have to be for kids, but things have to at least appeal to them. No, yeah. I'm not sure what in here actually does that. Nothing. Basically nothing. Like, what character are they grappling on to here? Like, what are they... There's nothing here for them. There's barely any bad. I guess that's why you put in the laser gun. Yeah, because kids are like, oh, lasers... I know, but I other, like lasers. But other than that, I'm like, this is a very dour, very buttoned up episode that is not fun. Yeah, it's just not, not fun. Not fun. Not fun for anyone. Ranking in the series, look, there are worse episodes in this one, oh, yeah. but I wouldn't hurry to watch this one again. This is in the bottom twenty for me. I would, I would, I would agree. Towards the bottom. Um, the only good news I have is that Mike is covering a great episode. <laughs> yeah, next week. Mike is covering next week Zatanna. I get Zatanna, which is good. Happy so about good. that. That's just, that's how life is, Mike. You yep. get Satana and I get the crime doctor. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tasticast. For Mike Staub, I'm Jordan Hugh. Thank you and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Batman Tasticast. If you want to continue to support the show, please feel free to give us a like or a subscribe on the podcatcher of your choosing or leave a five star review. That helps the show be that much more visible also you can find jordan and me all over the internet if you search us out and if you want to share some information or some knowledge with us feel free to do so we love when you reach out to us so thanks again and we'll catch you next time